Hello and welcome to another edition of the Scarlet Nation podcast for 24-7 Sports. I'm Bobby Darren. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. We're here to talk a little Rutgers basketball today. And with me today um, is 24-7 Sports national recruiting analyst Brian Doan, who also uh, has a vast history with Rutgers basketball. Um, Brian, welcome. Um to start things off, your family was a season ticket holders when the rack first opened. Is that correct? Yeah, though that that is true. They sat right behind the basket, not the student side, the other side. And you know, since they redid some things, they've now moved upstairs and have had season tickets there since. Geez, I remember going to the Atlantic Ten Conference tournament when it was there, and so yeah, uh, I've been watching Rutgers for a while. So you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, There's been very little good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw a little glimpse of it this year. It, it, it feels like it got snatched away. Uh, a lot of people talking about the ups and downs and highs and lows. Last, uh, well, you know, on um, the last game they played on Monday night, Nebraska, uh, a chance to to pretty much cinch up a NCAA tournament bid for the first time since 1991 team came out, looked disinterested, did not want to play. At least that's what it was from my perspective. Brian, you watched the game, you followed the team. You have a history, uh, a, a deep history of following this team, knowing this team. What, what was your take on what happened uh, against Nebraska? Yeah, not, not just that. I mean, I've, I've covered UConn hoops when Jim Calhoun was there and they were really good. I covered UCLA when Ben Hallen was there and went to three straight Final Fours. So I think I may know a little bit about basketball when you're watching <laughs> it. No, and just saying, you know, you know, it's not just a, a passing interest. You know, I, I've covered it and, and stuff. And so, you know, <laughs> two things jumped out to me um, when, when I watched the game against Nebraska. And I, and I thought the same thing when they got absolutely hammered at home by Maryland. Um, I was I was shocked at how disinterested they were and everybody's talking about how well, who who's coming back, who you know, is is Geo Baker coming back, is Ron Harper coming back? Well what's going on and who's gonna come back next year, who's gonna leave? And to be honest, watching it, it looks like none of them want to be there. And mm-hmm. so you sit there and you say Man, how they? Why would they come back next year when it looks like they don't want to be here this year? Um, listen, I get you have ups and downs, and um, over the course of a long season, but Nebraska's, you know, I mean, they're bad. What do you want me to say? They would they have one conference win. They they lose their leading scorer, um, and look, wins and losses happen. But I I mean, Bobby, I've I've known you for a long time. I think you would have played better defense against a lot of you know a lot of that time against Nebraska, and you, you yeah. just you, you just look at the body language on the court, and um, you just wonder if they like each other. And, and that's a great point, you know. And I, I might have played better at forty four, forty five next week. Um, but it, it oh just yeah, listen, it don't like... matter forty four or forty five. You, yeah, you would have been. I mean, here's here's the thing that I always say with stuff like that mm-hmm. is, you know. Listen, if I'm going to go play one-on-one against LeBron James, I'm going to get absolutely destroyed and posterized mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But at least I'll give effort. Right. You right. would have given effort. 
And, you know, one of the things that was that was really alarming, you know, how many open layups did you see Nebraska have in the lane? Like, even if you're beat, foul the guy so he's got to earn it at the line, make him think twice about coming down there again. I mean, it, it just seemed like there was too many easy shots. I mean, did, did this team just quit? I mean, yeah, you'd have to say, I mean, when you lose 30 by, by well, you're down 30 points late in the game to a team that was what? six and 17 or whatever they were. Um, they, they, they had no fire. Um, and I think when you look at it, you, you know, when you lose games like that, there's something inherently wrong. Um, either off the court or inside the locker room or whatever, or something's not right because, um, you know, you look at the Indiana game and they win that game easy, but I mean, they were down 15 to Indiana and then they start making threes. And I know, I know, especially in a college game, you can live and die by the three, but you know, Rutgers is not a good shooting team mm-hmm. and to have to sit there and watch um, them just jack up three. I, I don't know what they do on offense, to be honest, um, other than, you know, try to beat the guy off the dribble, penetrate and either get to the hole or kick it out for an open shot. That's what it is. But I mean, you watch some of the other teams, and it's just easy for them to get to the basket. Um, and, you know, early in the season, I don't, I don't think – I think I looked at Rutgers early in the season, and, you know, I would talk to, you know, whomever, coaches from other schools or whatever. And, you know, they'd be like, hey, man, they're, they're good. They're really good. Easy, easily a, a NCAA team. You know how the question wasn't would they go to the NCAA's. The question was, could they make some noise in the NCAA's? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you you wonder what happened because they're much better than what they're playing. And and I get the rack and all this stuff, um, and and what a place like that means. But you know, you go back and you look at the way they were playing early in the year when they were ranked, you know, whatever they were, top 15 or whatever, I mean, they played like a team. And mm-hmm. now now it's five individuals. Yeah, and, you know, even at the rec, they've won the majority of the games there, but it just doesn't have the same feel, this, this sense of, of, of uh, toughness, the sense of never give up, the sense of never quit. Uh, it, it just looks like they're individuals on the court and not a cohesive unit. And I, I mean, it, it, what do you think happens next? I mean, do they beat Minnesota? Do they rally around it? And Minnesota's reeling. They have some injuries. They've lost five in a row. Uh, do they backdoor into the tournament? Do they implode? I mean, you know, a, a few days ago, people thought it was a foregone conclusion that they would make the tournament. Now, you know, it, it's really like, what's going on with this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I chuckle at people that were like, yeah, Rutgers is a lock to make the NCAAs, but after the Nebraska loss, they're not a lock. Mm-hmm. Well, then they were never a lock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, all right, they were never a lock then. But right. do they do they beat Minnesota? I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, great. Minnesota's not playing well. Um, mm-hmm. They've, like you said, they've lost five in a row. Yeah, because Nebraska was lighting the world on fire before Rutgers mm-hmm. came in. I mean, you know, Nebraska loses its leading scorer, has no reason to play at all, mm-hmm. and comes out and, I mean, again, um, the one kid, he had, about, what, 14 points in the first six minutes? Yeah, and, 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 and can, that's not can, a big score. 
No, I mean, can you show a little energy? And, you know, I always, so you say what's going to happen against Minnesota? I don't know, man. I mean, could they come out and play well? Of course, but that's the thing. You know, good teams, you know what they're going to do. You know that there's a consistency level to them. There's no consistency level right now with Rutgers. Um, And if they came out and won by 15, people would be like, oh, see, it was just a bad game against Nebraska. But I I look at beyond that. They, They haven't played well in a while now. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but if you go back to the game against Ohio State where they play at Ohio State, um, and obviously they weren't happy with some of the foul calls in that Ohio State game at Ohio State, they have not been the same team since then. And I, I look at the little things. Like, I remember covering UCLA one year when Ben Hallen first got there, and uh, I'll never forget, uh, they had a couple, you know, they they weren't good. And... One of the guys got knocked down. One of the UCLA players got knocked down going to the basket or whatever. He's fouled. And the ref is the one who helps the player up mm-hmm. instead of one of the UCLA players. Wow. So I remember asking Ben Hallen after the game. I said, you know, because, I mean, say whatever you want. I'm going to ask what I want to ask. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to Ben Hallen after the game, I'm like, Hey, is it a good sign when one of your guys gets knocked down that the ref is the one uh, helps them up instead of one of the players? And you just watch the interaction of them throughout a game and and how much they're they're helping each other, or, you know, on things like that. It just it, the mojo that they had is not there. And you know, I and I think I, I said to you earlier we spoke, you know, before this and and. It seems like Steve Peichel's trying to make everyone happy. When we ask him questions about players, he doesn't want to give one player too much credit without giving another player credit. But sometimes I think you have to call it like it is. I mean, is he just not handling these personalities right? I mean, because I know a lot of you know coaching basketball sometimes is is helping guys mesh together. Do you think that might be an issue? Well, I think everything's open for discussion. Um, look, I'm not I'm not close enough to know how much he's handling each little issue or each problem. Now, do I know some people that are close to the team? Yes, without question. Um, and you can answer questions however you want and, and have the whole team there, but look, and have everybody's back and make everybody feel inclusive. But look, if a dude has a double double and he wants to say, hey, yeah, he had a great game. He's fantastic. His his teammates did X, Y, Z and really helped. But, yeah, he had a fantastic game. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. I just think when you look at it, um, I, I don't know. You, you Are they still listening to him is the question that keeps going into my mind. Are they still listening to him? Right. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I've mentioned, uh, you know, in my post game recaps and whatnot is, you know, part of a job as a coach, forget about, you know, Pykele talks about the preparation and the schemes and the X's and O's and he's got 21 inbounds plays. But isn't the one job is to make these guys cohesive and 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 motivate them to give their best. I mean, that that seems to me it's the essence of coaching. It is. And, you know, like I said, you go back and you look at so many things of, of what transpired and something is amiss, right? And, mm-hmm. yeah, your your job as a coach is to get everybody to mesh. And to be honest, you you're you don't have to like each other, mm-hmm. but you have to play together. Like I watched UCLA play with Jordan Farmar and Aaron Aflalo in the backcourt, and they weren't going out to dinner after games. 
But mm-hmm. during the game, they played together and they were on the same page and they played for each other. Um, and you don't, you don't, you don't get that sense. And you know, you go back, you say, okay, is it w- what changed when Geo Baker came back from the ankle injury? What changed when McConnell decided he was going to play instead of sit? What happened when? You know, for a long time, it was clear Miles Johnson was the best option at the five, and he wasn't starting. Mm-hmm. You you wonder how much all that played into the chemistry, or, or what exactly transpired. Yeah, and like you said, something you know, and people have been alluding to it. Something's got to be off, and. You don't go down by 30 to the last place team in the Big well, Ten with the NCAA tournament on the line. That's 30 years. I mean, well, it, it's not just, it's not just, see, everybody's going to focus at Nebraska. I go mm-hmm. back long before that because they hadn't mm-hmm. been playing well. You go back, that game at Ohio State was a big game, and mm-hmm. they have not been the same team since then. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, go back, don't just go back to Nebraska, go back to that game at Maryland, you know, home against Maryland, where if Mm -hmm. you win that game, you're in good shape. And then against Indiana, again, you're down 15 to Indiana. Now, Indiana's not very good, but you go down 15 to Indiana, and then all of a sudden you start making shots, and it's an easy win. So it's easy to, to forget that they came out and weren't ready to go in that game also. And mm-hmm. so you're sitting there, I mean, go back and look at the deficits that they've had early in games in the last month, month and a half. Um, mm-hmm. It's easy to point to the Nebraska thing. It's funny. I had a, a booster called me um, before the Nebraska game a few days before. And he said, what do you think? And I said, you know, man, if they're going out to Nebraska thinking this thing's going to be easy, they're in trouble. And you just wonder what happened where they, they, they just lost their... I don't know, their edge, their continuity, their desire, their their wantonness to play for each other. They whatever however you want to term it, it's not there. And I get right. it. Michael Pichel doesn't want to come out and say, Hey, we got trouble. He's trying to keep things going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you know, I, I've been around sports for thirty plus years as a professional you know, as a profession in it. Um at some point, the players just got to come out and play, and and the coaches has to be like, "Hey, look, I, I got to get them ready. Let's move on and and not worry about all the other periphery stuff." I I don't think fans are want to hear about how we're just worried about the next game. There's a way to say that without saying it, and I think you know to come out and say that the kids played hard. I think after at one point in the Nebraska game, if I'm remembering right, mm, I'm, uh, that's a different game than I watched. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pykele and Geo Baker said afterwards the team didn't have any energy. I mean, I know they play a short rotation. I know it's been a tough year. I know that that they've been in a kind of bubble, but so has everybody else. I mean, you know, <laughs> they had no energy. I mean, Nebraska's six and whatever, and they yeah, found and, energy. I and mean, they played a bunch of games in the last and, uh, month or whatever right. it is. And and it is it – is, interesting just in terms of you know sometimes energy gets overlooked you know i i always love in people be especially in football when when a team gets killed be like oh we were flat we had no energy what's wrong with these coaches and it's you know a lot of times it's just you're not as good as the other team and when you get dominated physically 
it's easy to make it look like you're not trying hard. Right. Well, Rutgers was the better team. They had better players. They weren't trying hard. I don't mm-hmm. care. You you watch them on some of those closeouts, and I mean, it was like I said before. It 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 is. You know, basketball is about helping on defense and moving on offense. Mm-hmm. And Rutgers did neither of it. Um, again, when, when when some dude has 16 points in six minutes or 14 points in six minutes to start the game, man, you, you where's the pride to just go defend? He was beating Rutgers. Oh, I mean, it, it was it, it was. It was comical, you know, to to watch just like you said before, it was like a, it was like a pregame layup line. I mean, yeah. the only difference is they were allowed to dunk this time instead of <laughs> I mean, it, it was comical. And I get you have bad games that happen. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good with that. It, it's again, it's but to have that after, you know, I get you were going to the NCAAs last year. Mm-hmm. And I get the energy used last year, but you know, this is your chance. You you can either go to the NCAAs this year, or you know, not even be forgotten anymore. Just be that team that oh, they should have been, and look what happened the following year. I mean, they're they're in an interesting spot right now, to where it's changing from a feel good thing to a can you believe they may not make it thing. Which, yeah. which is going to be very difficult on the head coach if they can't get there because they're going to lose a lot of guys after this season. It's going to be a long road back. And, and you know, uh, to your point earlier, there were warning signs earlier. I mean, played a good game against Iowa, couldn't close it out, lost by two. But then you come back against Michigan State and you just get blown off the floor, lose by 23, and it looked like it should have been more. That next game against Ohio State, they lose by 11, but they were never in that game. Right. Um that was the warning signs to me that, that you know, something something's obviously off and and um, I think we kind of got, you know, reeled back in when they went back on that winning streak. But it wasn't like they were beating, you know, the, the best teams in, in, in the league, you know, uh, during that winning streak. And and um, there, there were there were there were warning signs early on. No, there were. And that Ohio State game at home, you know, the idea was, well, we got hosed at Ohio State's place. Let's show them what it's going to be like at our place when our big guy doesn't pick up fouls just because he breathed too heavy on somebody mm-hmm. um you know that that game was like well wait a minute what happened to the rallying the troops kind of deal and and going after it but yeah then you know they, they did get some wins and played some bad competition and did what they had to do against bad competition but you know you go back to it and it's a tough league it is obviously a really good league mm-hmm. but it's i mean Every other team's going through this grind as well. And exactly. to, to if you went to Nebraska and you lost by two or three points or it was a tight game, whatever. But, I mean, that game was over with 10 minutes left in the first half. I mean, it wasn't even a question. Like, you know, you're sitting there, are they going to make a run? Are they going to make a run? There was no question in your mind by halftime that they had no chance to make a run and no desire to make a run. 
Yeah, and and it's in a game like that, it just seems almost unfathomable that the guys can come out with so little energy. And I get you can overlook a team, but even if you get off to a bad start, I mean, let's dig in a little bit. You know, this is a veteran team. These guys have been here. But like you said, it looked like their minds were elsewhere. It looks like they just packed it in and, and you know, like, hey, uh, let's wait for uh, what's next. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a really good point that they're a veteran team because they've been through things like this before. And, and they'd won last year in the last regular season game to kind of solidify getting to the NCAAs regardless of what would have happened in a Big Ten tournament. But they shouldn't have to go down this route again. And I look at it this way. If they beat Minnesota or if they win in the Big Ten conference and they still get to the NCAAs, mm-hmm. Unless they can make and win a couple games in the NCAAs and figure this thing out, it's always going to be a what-if season because Mm -hmm. they are playing not even close to their talent level. And, you know, Ron Harper, you know, I I get that if you're a shooter, you have to keep shooting. But Mm -hmm. when does a shooting slump turn into actually who you are right that's how long he's been going and so at what point does he decide okay i really am not shooting the ball well and i'm gonna have to defer to some other guys um you know i i just i look at it and i say this is a team that it's it's going to be a a team that unless they can win a couple unless they can win get to the ncaa's and win a couple games it doesn't matter in the long run. It's going to be a, well, what if, what actually, what, what went wrong? Because they should have been so much better. They're not even, you know, this is like the team in, in football that's supposed to compete for a conference title and goes eight and four. And people are like, mm-hmm. well, you know, you still went to the Gator Bowl. Right. right. It's like, yeah, but yeah, could have been playing, you know, in a big time game for a conference championship. That's what this feels like. Yeah, and that's a great point, you know, because you can say it ends a 30-year drought, but the highs and the lows and the roller coaster of it, uh, it just feels like um, they're falling short in, in a lot of ways. And, and um, you know, it, it hasn't been a dull season, though, for certain. Uh, so I guess, um, you know, we'll be waiting to see what they do against Minnesota in the Big Ten tournament. It doesn't give us a lot of confidence with with how they've played, you know, recently and, and, and everything we've talked about. So, I mean, um, any closing thoughts, Brian, on, on what you think of, of the future of this team and, and, and where it's headed? Because it seems like is a, a road of uncertainty ahead. Yeah, and, and I think you got to figure out who's going to come back. You know, Jacob Young, Geo Baker, Ron Harper, Miles Johnson. You know, who, who's coming back? Because, <laughs> you know, you, you look at what freshmen they have, and <laughs> there's not a lot of depth there, so you may mm. have to hit the transfer market. So you need to get to the NCAAs to be able to recruit more off of getting to the NCAAs. Because if right. you don't get to the NCAAs, mm-hmm. the problem that you face in recruiting becomes, well, wait a minute, he couldn't even get that team to the NCAAs. Why mm. would you go there now? And so, right. just, and and you know, I I think there there's a lot of questions about what the future of this program is going to look like beyond this year anyway and going out on the road without 
being in the NCAAs, regardless of how far they should or could go, will make it much more difficult to recruit. And remember, you can't recruit by bringing kids to the rack to watch games now because right. there's no fans there. So you've lost your one of your biggest pieces in recruiting was getting kids to come to a game. And you don't have that. So you at least have to be able to sell, hey, at least we went to the NCAAs. If you don't have that, well, it's going to be even a tougher road. Well, that, that really makes uh, makes Minnesota game much more, uh, yeah. um, what's the word I'm looking for, important, valuable, yeah. significant. <laughs> I mean, you, better put, you, you, better, you better put a disclaimer on this podcast before people listen to it. Right now, right now, people are just going to be staring at the wall going, what are we kidding? Can we just get done to talk about football again? All right. Well, we'll promise next week we'll have the football one on, on our Wednesday. <laughs> Brian, we'll ask you about recruits and how the, the top, the number 12 class is doing right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but Brian, uh, you know, we switched gears a little bit, talked about basketball. I wanted to thank you again and and uh, for all for all the insight. I know you 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 have a deep depth of knowledge in, in, in regard to the college basketball game and uh anything else you want to add before we sign off i just you know kind of enjoyed and hopefully at one point we can go all uh meet up somewhere again and do what john used to do with uh kind of like a scarlet nation night where everybody can say hi yeah and and even if they lose it'll still be a good time (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, all right there you have it we uh we covered a a good deal today brian thank you again for 24 7 sports and scarlet nation i'm bobby durant thank you for listening join us on the message boards join us on scarlet nation we're there 24 7 and uh we'll see you soon